World Wide Web and its affiliated podcasting stations present Harvey Knight and the Paperback Theater on the Air. Ladies and gentlemen, The Bells by Harvey Knight. He walked down the avenue, glad to have bundled against the chill that had already pervaded the season. A drab paste had smeared across the sky during the night and lingered throughout the morning, coloring the clouds with a sharp murk that churned above him. Even in the grim light of early afternoon, he felt the exhaustion in his eyes that crept in earlier and earlier in the past few weeks. Few others milled about in the streets purposeless in their movement and content only in their feeble mingling that raised the low mumbles in the distance. Their muffled footsteps crunched in dissonance with his own. He remembered being one of them, just a kid then, but still all too happy with the aimless wandering when there was all the time in the world for it. The shops from back then were gone now. Emerson's toy shop, the old Hunt's bookstore, Alexander's market, and the small commercial clothes store. He and his brothers would spend hours rambling the pavement with their money in their pockets and never buy anything. More often than not, it was enough looking at the displays and decorations and waiting until nightfall when the lights came on and glittered around them like so much gold. He smiled the most during those years, but he and his brothers had all grown up and moved away and not seen each other in years. By the time he finally came back from overseas, those shops had gone replaced by shiny steel and hard glass, and hardly a hint of what had been there before. Now, the only lights were the street lamps. The world had gone and changed all around him. Or maybe he had changed. It was hard to tell anymore. Tiny flakes had begun to fall when he'd left home and started to clump together, glowing with a dull sheen that hurt his tired eyes. The gray-tinged snow brushed the street with a feathery wash of muddy white that piled up in the gutters. He tried not to close his eyes for too long. He still saw things sometimes. Once experience had conjured up a vision of nightmares that walked in human skins, it had begun to be all he saw. And not just the ones that struck with blood and violence. He'd started to see the dark shadows of the more insidious sort, the ones that slept under the faces of useful members of society, in and out of spotlights. It didn't matter that they seemed the kindest souls humanity had to offer, or the most generous of their class. There was always something worse underneath. It made it easy to dig a little, or sometimes even just scratch the surface and find the real person underneath. People don't like to see that side of themselves, and they definitely don't like everyone to know about it too. But that's what sells. That's how he made his living. You don't make friends that way. When he met Anna, it was the start of a whole new life. She was so different from him. The complete opposite, in fact, and for the longest time, he couldn't understand why. What was so different about the way she saw the world that she wasn't like him? How was he not inevitable? But as baffling as she was, what was more unbelievable was that she chose to love him of all people. He remembered their first chance meeting, a holiday party a co-worker had pitifully extended an invitation for him to attend. 
He had been fully prepared to hug the wall for 20 minutes and then leave. But he happened to look her way. She stood at total ease, chestnut locks tumbling down either side of her face, chatting pleasantly with a small group around her. And then she caught his eyes, and she smiled, without coyness, without courteous facade, just genuine joy at connecting with another human being, one-on-one, -on -one, even if just for a moment across a distance. Really, she connected like that constantly, but for some reason, she decided to stick with him. Anna had friends, she socialized, and was well-liked. But when she realized that he had difficulty doing the same, not only due to his nature, but also his work history, she was remarkable enough to offer him a new start. Or rather, an old one. They moved back to his hometown, a place familiar enough to him to stop seeing the dark shadows lurking behind every single person. A place for him to be comfortable living a better life. And it started to work. A strong wind blew powdery snow from atop the wall beside him, so it puffed out and sprinkled over his head, dusting him in a lighter gray in his coat. He shook it away, watching the flakes tumble to the earth below, before trudging on toward the gate that revealed the hill beyond. It was quite sudden when it finally happened. Anna felt some pains one day, grew sicker as they spent days with doctors, and then just slipped away. No time for treatments or long months in the hospital. No time to see if she would lose her kindness and optimism as her body was stripped to nothing by the parts that had betrayed her. He was sure that she would still have stayed infuriatingly cheerful through it all. He was sure that even in the pain she did suffer, Anna shared only enough for him to be just aware and call for a doctor. He was sure that Anna had held on just long enough for him to be holding her hand as it happened. He stood on the snow-covered hill, pocked where the snow covered the gravestones. He knelt and brushed away the white, taking care to clear the letters of Anna's name. His frozen fingers lingered on the stone, before dipping into his coat pocket to draw out the small silver bell she had given him one Christmas. A small reminder. Anna loved bells. Said the ringing was a song from her childhood Christmases that hummed the unspoken words. People deserve goodness. Each one of us is precious. Be kind. But more than the ringing, Anna's favorite part was the space between the rings and the silence that followed after. She told him it was the part of the song that asked her to think on the words. It drew her back to that moment that she was in and let her see the people around her as they really were. And she really did see something good in every single one of them. He held the bell in his hand, closing his fingers around it and shut his eyes. He wanted to hear that song so badly, but he'd never been able to understand how Anna felt the way she did, how she saw what she saw. He had never known anyone brave enough to be like her, to give so much trust and so much friendship without ever asking him to earn it. She loved freely, but not because she believed that he could be a better person than he was. Anna believed he already was that better person. He gently placed the small silver bell on the stone. A small flurry of flakes swirled around his feet as he stood, his eyes holding on the bell and the stone for a moment before he turned. It seemed school had let out, packs of children chasing each other about the avenue and their parents corralling them out of the street. 
As he approached the gates of the cemetery, his eye caught a glimpse of a small girl pointing his direction as her mother bent low to hear her soft words. His habit churned inside of him, ready to lash out, and he felt the rancor building up in his chest, about to burst with a bark. But he stopped. In the distance, he heard the church bells marking the hour, and for a moment, only a moment, he thought he heard the song. He broke from his uncertainty to see the girl bouncing toward him, clutching something between gloved hands that she extended out as she approached. The girl handed him the something with a soft, Merry Christmas, Mr. Beckett, and he mumbled a heartfelt thanks in reply, watching her skip away. He gripped the green paper in his hand and unfolded it with trembling fingers to reveal the Merry Christmas scrawled in red marker across the simple Christmas card, shaped like a green bell. The chatter of the people around him faded slowly into the background, and the church had gone silent. But as he pressed the paper to his chest, he could close his eyes and hear Anna's song. He stood in the quiet street, and in the silence, he heard the bells. Remember, 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time next Wednesday for the next episode. Same time, same station. This is the Paperback Theater. Thank you.